Hello and welcome to New Creation Common Prayer. Today we are called to worship with Psalm 78 verses 1 through 39. Listen, my people, to my teaching. Tilt your ears toward the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a proverb. I'll declare riddles from days long gone. Ones that we've heard and learned about. Ones that our ancestors told us. We won't hide them from their descendants. We'll tell the next generation all about the praise due the Lord and his strength. The wondrous works God has done. He established a law for Jacob and set up instruction for Israel, ordering our ancestors to teach them to their children. This is so that the next generation and children not yet born will know these things. And so they can rise up and tell their children to put their hope in God, never forgetting God's deeds, but keeping God's commandments. And so that they won't become like their ancestors, a rebellious, stubborn generation, a generation whose heart wasn't set firm and whose spirit wasn't faithful to God. The children of Ephraim, armed with bows, retreated on the day of battle. They didn't keep God's covenant They refused to walk in his instruction. They forgot God's deeds, as well as the wondrous works he showed them. But God performed wonders in their ancestors' presence. In the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan, God split the sea and led them through, making the waters stand up like a wall. God led them with the cloud by day, by the lightning all through the night. God split rocks open in the wilderness, gave them plenty to drink as if from the deep itself. God made streams flow from the rock, made water run like rivers, but they continued to sin against God, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their hearts, demanded food for their stomachs. They spoke against God. Can God set a dinner table in the wilderness, they asked? True, God struck the rock and water gushed and streams flowed, but can he give bread too? Can he provide meat for his people? When the Lord heard this, he became furious. A fire was ignited against Jacob. Wrath also burned against Israel because they had no faith in God, because they didn't trust his saving power. God gave orders to the skies above, opened heaven's doors, and rained manna on them so they could eat. He gave them the very grain of heaven. Each person ate the bread of the powerful ones. God sent provisions to satisfy them. God set the east wind moving across the skies and drove the south wind by his strength. He rained meat on them as if it were dust in the air. He rained as many birds as the sand on the seashore. God brought the birds down in the center of their camp all around their dwellings. So they ate and were completely satisfied. God gave them exactly what they had craved, but they didn't stop craving even with the food still in their mouths. So God's anger came up against them. He killed the most hardy of them. He cut down Israel's youth in their prime. But in spite of all that, they kept sinning and had no faith in God's wondrous works. So God brought their days to an end, like a puff of air, and their years in total ruin. But whenever God killed them, they went after him. They would turn and earnestly search for God. They would remember that God was their rock, that the Most High was their Redeemer, but they were just flattering him with lip service. They were lying to him with their tongues. 
Their hearts weren't firmly set on him. They weren't faithful to his covenant. But God, being compassionate, kept forgiving their sins, kept avoiding destruction. He took back his anger so many times, wouldn't stir up all his wrath. God kept remembering that they were just flesh, just breath that passes and doesn't come back. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Esther, chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Three days later, Esther put on royal clothes and stood in the inner courtyard of the palace, facing the palace itself. At that moment, the king was inside, sitting on his royal throne and facing the palace doorway. When the king noticed Queen Esther standing in the entry court, he was pleased. The king held out to Esther the gold scepter in his hand, and she came forward and touched the scepter's tip. Then the king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? What do you want? I'll give you anything, even half the kingdom. Esther answered, If the king wishes, please come today with Haman for the feast that I have prepared for him. Hurry, get Haman, the king ordered, so we can do what Esther says. So the king and Haman came to the feast that Esther had prepared. As they sipped wine, the king asked, Now what is it you wish? I'll give it to you. What do you want? I'll do anything, even give you half the kingdom. Esther answered, This is my wish, and this is what I want. If I please the king, and if the king wishes to grant my wish and my desire, I'd like the king and Haman to come to another feast that I will prepare for them. Tomorrow I will answer the king's questions. That day Haman left Esther's palace happy, his spirits high. But then he saw Mordecai in the king's gate. Mordecai neither stood up nor seemed the least bit nervous around him, so Haman suddenly felt great rage toward Mordecai. But Haman held himself back and went on home. He sent word that his friends and his wife Zeresh should join him there. Haman boasted to them about his great wealth and his many sons. He told all about how the king had honored him by promoting him over the officials and high royal workers. Best of all, Haman said, Queen Esther has invited no one else but me to join the king for food and drinks that she has prepared. In fact, I've been called to join the king at her place tomorrow. But all this loses its meaning every time I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. So his wife, Zeresh, and all his friends told him, Have people prepare a pointed pole 75 feet high. In the morning, tell the king to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then you can go with the king to the feast in a happy mood. Haman liked the idea and had the pole prepared. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 12 through 28. Now when Gallio was the governor of the province of Achaia, the Jews united in their opposition against Paul and brought him before the court. This man is persuading others to worship God unlawfully, they declared. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to the Jews, if there had been some sort of injury or criminal behavior, I would have reason to accept your complaint. However, since these are squabbles about a message, names, and your own law, deal with them yourselves. I have no desire to sit in judgment over such things. He expelled them from the court, but everyone seized Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and gave him a beating in the presence of the governor. None of this mattered to Gallio. After Paul stayed in Corinth for some time, he said goodbye to the brothers and sisters. 
at the Corinthian seaport of Kincray, he had his head shaved since he had made a solemn promise. Then, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila, he sailed away to Syria. After they arrived in Ephesus, he left Priscilla and Aquila and entered the synagogue and interacted with the Jews. They asked him to stay longer, but he declined. As he said farewell to them, though, he added, God willing, I will return. Then he sailed off from Ephesus. He arrived in Caesarea, went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church, and then went down to Antioch. After some time there, he left and traveled from place to place in the region of Galatia and the district of Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a certain Jew named Apollos arrived in Ephesus. He was a native of Alexandria and was well-educated and effective in his use of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and spoke as one stirred up by the Spirit. He taught accurately the things about Jesus, even though he was aware only of the baptism John proclaimed and practiced. He began speaking with confidence in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they received him into their circle of friends and explained to him God's way more accurately. When he wanted to travel to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples so they would open their homes to him. Once he arrived, he was of great help to those who had come to believe through grace. He would vigorously defeat Jewish arguments in public debate, using the scriptures to prove that Jesus was the Christ. Today's Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 22. The people were filled with expectation, and everyone wondered whether John might be the Christ. John replied to them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than me is coming. I'm not worthy to loosen the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husks is in his hand. He will clean out his threshing area and bring the wheat into his barn. But he will burn the husks with a fire that can't be put out. With many other words, John appealed to them, proclaiming good news to the people. But Herod, the ruler, had been criticized harshly by John because of Herodias, Herod's brother's wife, and because of all the evil he had done. He added this to the list of his evil deeds. He locked John up in prison. When, Jesus was be- when everyone was being baptized, Jesus also was baptized. While he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit came down on him in bodily form like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven, You are my son, whom I dearly love. In you I find happiness. Old things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we thought were dead are breathing in life again. Cause your sun to shine on darkest nights. For all that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. 
Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one of a heart's adore. The hopeless have found their hope. The orphans now have a home. All that was lost has found its place in you. You lived our weary hands, and you make us strong. Instead, you took these rags and made us beautiful. For all that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one of our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Our affection, our devotion is poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion is poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection and our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection and our devotion poured out on the Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, we
The Nicene Creed is a statement of Christian faith that goes back all the way to the year 325. It is a recitation of the common faith among all Christians about the triune God, the world, the church, and our future hope. It holds a special place among Christian creeds of faith as the only creed that has been affirmed by the Protestant, Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox branches of Christianity. If you know it, feel free to recite it along with me. If not, take this opportunity to listen to the core of our faith that has been handed down to us for nearly 2,000 years. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And now let us enter into a time of prayer for ourselves, our community, and the whole world. I invite you, wherever you're joining with us, to lift up your prayers, either out loud or silently, wherever you are today. Let's pray. Lord, we pray for your church, both our local congregation and the church worldwide. Help us to be unified in our mission today and to be great co-partners with your spirit wherever we find ourselves. Lord, we pray for those who are suffering today, whether sick, injured, or oppressed. Be with them, supply their needs, and bring justice today, we pray. Lord, we pray for those who may consider us enemies, whom we have injured or offended. Grant them your peace and enable us to be peacemakers. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings, including these. And now let us pray the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us. 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we depart this time together, go with these closing words from Psalm 78, reflecting on God's choosing and empowering of David in the Old Testament. And may our prayer today be that God would continue to call and raise up leaders of integrity today. And God chose David, his servant, taking him from the sheepfolds. God brought him from shepherding, nursing ewes, to shepherding his people, Jacob, to shepherding his inheritance, Israel. David shepherded them with a heart of integrity. He led them with the skill of his hands. Go today in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll see you tomorrow. New Creation Common Prayer is a ministry of New Creation Community Online, New Creation Community Middleton, and Nampa College Church. You can find out more about our ministries by visiting nampacollegechurch.com. Today's song was Jesus We Love You, performed by Ryan Gage and recorded and mixed by Drew McKellips. All scripture readings were out of the Common English Bible. Today's psalm reading was read by Caleb Daniels. Today's Old Testament reading was by Caleb Daniels. Today's Epistle reading was by Caleb Daniels. And today's Gospel reading was by Caleb Daniels. Background music for New Creation Common Prayer was created awesomely by Keller Gage. Today's devotion was produced and edited by Caleb Daniels.